there's kind of a theme, a very fun theme around Give Big this year, which is giving feels good, which is just so true. I mean, there's scientific research that shows that it like boosts these happy hormones and neurotransmitters in us. And I just think it's a fantastic way to learn about what organizations are doing in the state. That's Diana with ChimpsNW.org. Give Big is coming up May 2nd and 3rd. We all get a good feeling when we show up for others. Whether it's a family member, neighbor, or community organization, giving is supposed to feel good. And who couldn't use more of that? May 2nd and 3rd, visit GiveBigWA.org to discover and donate to nonprofits that are making good things happen in our community and around our state. Something to think about as you listen to these interviews. If there's an organization you really like, you can create your own Give Big page and share it with your friends and family to help that nonprofit raise money. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders in our community. This week, we are talking with two of the Give Big partners, Diana Goodrich with Chimpanzee Sanctuary Northwest and Heidi Wills with Pause. She is the CEO of Pause. And Heidi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Lori, and helping Pause share our services for the community to know about what we do so they can. They can be a part of making a difference for animals. I've always loved the name Paws. I thought it's so cute. I thought it was because of Animal Paws, but it actually stands for something, right? That's right. It's an acronym, and it stands for Progressive Animal Welfare Society. And we were the first Paws back in the 1960s. Since then, there have been other Paws, but they're all separately incorporated. And we were the first Paws really feeling a need in our community to take care of animals of all kinds. I noticed on your webpage, there are a lot of animals. What would you say, well, how long have you been there? I came just in time for the pandemic, just over three years. And pause, as you were starting to say, helping animals of all kinds. We started as an animal shelter, helping dogs and cats find homes. Since that time, we now help wild animals. So we have a wildlife center that helps about 5,000 wild animals that find their way through our doors, mainly from ordinary people who see an injured or orphaned wild animal and bring it to pause for care. And then it's re-released back to the community. Since you've been there in your few years, what has been the most unique animal or the one you've been the most excited about seeing or, or hearing about? Oh, wow. We, we help over 150 different kinds of wild animals, everything from hummingbirds to bald eagles, owls, harbor seals, bobcats, um, baby black bear cubs. While they all have so much character, personality, and they really belong in our wild places. And they usually come to pause because they've been harmed, usually inadvertently by humans. They've been run over by cars. They've hit windows. Eagles have ingested mice who've died from rodenticide, and then they become poisoned. We get a lot of songbirds who've been injured by ordinary house cats, and we feel that this is a way that we can give back to the community. There is a way we can restore 
these animals, put them back in our ecosystems, which is what makes the Pacific Northwest so special. I'm not sure that people realize that. I'm so glad to know that part of Paws. I know for me, I think dogs and cats, domestic animals, but also I raised my kids on an island and we would come across injured animals and always wondering, who do we call? What do we do? That's right. People don't often know what to do. And what, what can you do? You, if you bring them to a veterinarian that's used to working on dogs and cats, they don't have the specialization to help wild animals, uh, an eagle with a broken wing, for example. So PAWS started in the 1980s to address the needs for wild animals. So we now have specialists, wildlife rehabbers and veterinarians who specialize in helping injured animals be restored so that we can put them back where they came from. So if they come into pause and they have to rehab, do they stay there at the facility until it's time to put them back? Yes. So they, they recuperate at pause. And then once they're ready for release, they go back to where they were found. And most of the animals that come to PAWS, again, are found by ordinary people who might see a raccoon who's been hit and injured on the side of the road and not know what to do with it. Fortunately, there's Google and they ask <laughs> and they're directed to PAWS, which is the largest wildlife center in our state. Interesting. 5,000 animals every year. We've outgrown our facility in Linwood, which is where we're located. So we're now building a new facility in Snohomish County so we can help many more animals who need us. And that will likely uh, be open in time for baby season next year. Oh, that is awesome. So the reason you're with us is because of the Give Big campaign. What would you say to people that want to help out? We really rely on community support to be able to do what we do. We need people who are willing to adopt dogs and cats into their families. People don't realize that about a million and a half animals are euthanized across the country every year because they don't have homes. So about 70% of the animals we adopt out come from overcrowded shelters, usually from outside the state. So we're looking for people to adopt dogs and cats give them a happy and healthy, loving home. If people can't adopt an animal, we're looking for volunteers, people who can foster, um, also people who can come walk dogs at our Linwood facility. We need financial support, especially with inflation. It costs so much more to take care of these animals now than it ever has before. And of course, they don't know about inflation or about the pandemic or all these challenges that humans are going through. They still need us. And in order to be there for them, we're asking for community support and to think about PAWS uh, for Give Big. So tell us a little more about the domestic part of PAWS. Yes. So we adopt out about 4,000 dogs and cats every year. Out of two locations, we're in Linwood, and we're also, we have Paws Cat City, a storefront in the University District. We're looking for people to both help as volunteers in these places to help with dogs and cats, but also to come adopt animals if they're thinking about adding a furry friend to their family to, to think about Paws. And then we're there to help animals who've been abandoned, 
who have been neglected, a lot of senior animals who need their forever home. Recently, we had a dog that was tied up at our doorstep. Her name was Esmeralda. She obviously had been through a lot of trauma in her life. She was very emaciated. She had sores all over her body. She was very skittish and afraid of people. And that's where PAWS and people who care about animals can make a difference. After three months of working with her, giving her love, helping her trust people again, that's, that's what PAWS is here to do, to uh, give hope and compassionate care to animals who need us. So when people go to the Give Big, tell them how to get there and then how to help donate to PAWS. Yes, it's so easy. Our website is PAWS.org, P-A-W-S dot O-R-G. And that's where people can become involved with our mission as donors, as volunteers and adopters. If people want to give on May 2nd or 3rd, do you have matching funds? And if so, where do they go to do that donation? Yes, so we do have matching funds for donations, and that is also on our website. So when people come to pause.org, they can double their donation if they give on those days, May 2nd and 3rd. What brought you to this work? I think that pause reflects the kind of community we want to live in. Pause is helping the vulnerable, the voiceless. The people that get involved with an organization like this are trying to make our community a more caring and compassionate place. And I'm so honored to be involved with PAWS and to be surrounded by people who care about making a difference for others. So do you come from a long line of animal lovers? Is that what inspired this? Oh, yes. Like so many people, I've I've loved animals my whole life. And I grew up with pets my whole life. I have four cats and a dog. People might think I'm a crazy cat lady. (laughs) I just, I adore them. They add so much joy to our lives. They provide unconditional love. And my dog makes sure I'm healthy by needing a walk for me to go outside every day for her. So, which is good for her and for me. Something someone might say is, I've always wanted to adopt an animal, but I've never really had one and I wouldn't know what to do. What would you say to that person? Yes, I would say that animals are so good at communicating, even though they don't know our language. They let you know when they're hungry. They let you know when they need to go outside. And they really just want love, right? They want to give love. It's so rewarding to bring an animal into your life. It's it's enriching in in so many ways. I, I tell my kids it, it's like going from black and white to technicolor. So does PAWS have training if someone is a little leery, they know they really want a pet, but they're, they haven't really done it before? Do they have sort of a, a training or some information? Yes, we do. We do provide training and also referrals for training. So we know some great trainers in our community. There's always Ahimsa in Seattle, which provides training that's very empathetic and compassionate. There are definitely resources for people who need a little bit of help in training that animal. We're talking with Heidi Wills. She is the executive director of PAWS. 
Yes, our website is paws.org, P-A-W-S dot O-R-G. That was so lovely of you to ask about all the aspects of PAWS, not only our domestic animals, but also what we do for wildlife, because a lot of people will see an injured wild animal and not know what to do. Now they will know. I think that's so good, because they might just go, nothing I can do, and drive off. That's right. People aren't helpless. There's a there's an organization um, ready to help. Again, if you want to give to PAWS, go to wagives.org and in the search bar, put P-A-W-S. And now, Diana Goodrich, co-director of Chimpanzee Sanctuary Northwest. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to see you again this year. And I know that last year you told me that you had expanded during the pandemic. Is that continuing to happen? Yes, it sure is. I know we were working on our outdoor habitat at that time, and we're still working on it. (laughs) We're so close to being done to let the new group of nine go out probably within the next couple weeks. So that's super exciting for us. Took a little bit longer than we had expected, but we were able to give the original group of seven a bigger expanded habitat and extended it to include some trees. So the chimps got to climb trees for the first time, which was amazing. That must have been so fun. Yeah, it was incredible. Do you want to just kind of tell us about the sanctuary and why it was founded? Yeah, so the sanctuary was founded in 2003, and the first group of chimps came in 2008. And they were all from biomedical research. There were a lot of chimps used in biomedical testing in the 80s, mostly. And fortunately, there's no testing being done on chimpanzees now in the U.S. And so there are actually more chimps in sanctuaries than any other type of facility. And there's still some chimps that are waiting to be retired. And we happen to be kind of working on our expansion when a facility closed down in California. So we were able to take in nine more. So we have 16 chimps now. Oh, wow. And so these chimps are with you until for the rest of their life. That's the plan. Yeah. 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 It's permanent new home for them where we get to give them expanded space and more social opportunities and greater variety of food and just get to kind of like let them have a different kind of life than they had before. So I was looking through the pictures and boy, they are characters. Do you have a favorite? I know. I don't have a favorite. I have 16 favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about a few of them? Yeah. So it's been really interesting getting to know new chimps. So I've been here since the beginning of when the first group arrived. So I've had a 15-year, almost 15-year relationship with a lot of them, which has been really amazing. They, like I consider them some of my closest friends. Like Jamie is the boss of that group and she's a fantastically complicated individual. <laughs> and she has a lot of personality quirks. She really lets us know when she wants something and she has something like very specific in mind usually. And so we have to like figure out what it is so that we can provide that for her. And then with the newer chimps, it's been really fun getting to know them and seeing them kind of change over the last couple of years. Sai, for example, he's the boss of the other group and he loves magazines. I've never seen a chimp look at magazines the way he does. He (laughs) like scans them like it looks like he's reading. He's not actually reading, but it definitely looks like he's reading and he likes pictures of celebrities. <laughs> Does he have a favorite? I'm not sure. I Yeah, we're still trying to figure that out, uh, what his favorites are. But he is from California, the Hollywood area. So mm-hmm. maybe it's natural. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that you have one that's not a chimp. 
We have cows that live on the property. Yes. <laughs> Honey and Meredith and Betsy and Nutmeg are four cattle. Do they interact with the chimps or are they all kept separate? They're on a separate part of the property right now. There was a time when their their summer pasture was on the other side of the fence from the chimps. And so they get to see each other, but just not close up. What does a typical day look like for these chimps? We have an eight-hour day with the caregivers and the care staff do a lot of cleaning in the morning and then we shift the chimps based on the meals. And so the chimps have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So a lot of the excitement of the day is about food, which humans can definitely relate to. And we provide enrichment, so different kinds of ways that they can keep mentally stimulated and active and just toys that we give them. Everyone, like I was saying, Cy really likes magazines. So we make sure he has those. Jamie likes cowboy boots. Foxy loves like strawberry shortcake figurines and other types of dolls. Burrito, who's really kind of the ham of the group and people absolutely adore. He interacts with a lot of different kinds of enrichment. He likes like these big plastic slinkies and he likes squishmallows a lot too. More recent, yeah, like of his. So I just try to give them the things that we've noticed that they're interested in and try to introduce new things all the time. There's a lot of time where, you know, we're really safe, so we never enter the enclosures with them, but caregivers can interact with them through the fencing and they appreciate that time with us too. So when you think about introducing things, what like magazines, how did that come about? Well, we knew from where he was living before that he liked magazines. So fortunately we had that information and we went off of that. And now his fans across the U.S. subscribe him to People Magazine and uh, <laughs> a couple of others. Oh, that's cute. Now, can people come? And I know during COVID, there that was a, a no-no, but now can people come? Do you do tours? We're still not open to the public for tours like a zoo, but we are hoping to have some dates during this this coming summer in a couple months where we'll invite our donors to register for visits and I'm sure those will fill up pretty quickly. So we'll see how it goes. But it's been the first time that we've been able to do that since 2019. So does their routine ever vary? We don't take them anywhere. They're all adults and chimpanzees are very, very strong and potentially dangerous and also really intelligent. So that combination makes them dangerous. <laughs> so we try to provide everything that they need in their home. And we do, they do appreciate knowing what the routine is, particularly like with our newer group when they came to us, it was good for us to establish a routine with them so they knew what to expect. But then it's also good to introduce variety outside of the routine too. So we change up what the food is every day. We do a lot of parties. So every birthday we celebrate almost all the major holidays and they really like parties and have come to, I think, know the seasons, <laughs> our original yeah. group, they know when Christmas is coming up and stuff. And then with the care staff, we have a, an enrichment coordinator and he just tries to think of new things all the time. And we're building new climbing structures in their outdoor habitat. So that'll change. So it's kind of a, a good combination of routine and variety for them. What does a party look like? What do you do for a party? Again, food <laughs> plays a <laughs> prominent role in all parties. And we often will do forages. So we'll scatter the food out into a larger habitat. So either their greenhouses or the outdoor 
space and they can search for it on their own. And that's exciting because they can usually see us setting it up. So they get kind of a idea of where they might go, <laughs> a plan of action as they're watching. And everyone has a different plan in mind, different food that they go for. And then toys, like new toys are always fun. Foxy, she has a very large collection of dolls, but she still appreciates new dolls all the time. Even the ones that, like she has a favorite, like a, there's a French Dora the Explorer that she particularly likes with a little beret. (laughs) And so if we get a new one of those, she's always really excited. And where do they sleep? They sleep indoors. We're in a colder climate. And because the chimps were born in captivity, for the most part, they just feel more secure inside. And so we have very large area indoor spaces for them. But they do usually like to sleep up high. Not all of the chimps. Sometimes the chimps will just sleep, you know, at ground level on the floor. But we make sure that there's a lot of vertical space for them because chimps in the wild will make nests in the trees. And so it's kind of their instinct to do that. So we have catwalks that are around the second floor of their indoor playroom. And then we have benches throughout the enclosures so that they can get up high. And we give out over a hundred blankets every day. (laughs) And so they can nest with blankets, which they really like. And then you said you have two groups, right? Right. And how do they get along within their own groups? Chimps are, uh, they can be violent with one another. So what might be like a little argument between humans can result in injuries with chimps. And they're very tough. So they're often really, really quiet. And But if they have a conflict, it's very loud and there's a lot of screaming. Sometimes it's there's no contact. It's just a lot of screaming at each other. And that's kind of like the low level humans maybe being passive aggressive (laughs) with each other. I mean, I equate it to humans, except that there's a lot of biting involved. (laughs) And is there a reason you don't integrate them all together while you keep them separate, two separate groups? Yeah, we tried. um, So in 2019, we brought three chimps up from Wildlife Way Station, and we did try to integrate them with the original group of seven because we wanted to give them more friends. And that group had been here for over a decade, and it didn't work out. The fighting was just to the level that they couldn't kind of get beyond. So fortunately, we were able to bring in another group, and we integrated that group with the three that came in 2019. And they had known each other, at least visually, and some of them had even lived with each other prior to that. And we're still working. It's been a year since they've been completely together. They're still working out their hierarchy and figuring out their relationships. And a lot of it has been really heartwarming. And some of it's been a little bit difficult, too. (laughs) That must be hard if you can't be in there with them and you see them getting upset. That must be hard to know what to do. Yeah, it is. It's uh, really challenging taking care of chimps in captivity. And do they respond like if you... Like I just think of kids, you really knock that off. Do they respond to that? Or is it just, you got to let them do their thing? You pretty much have to let them figure things out. We don't always know what's going on with them. We can see some things, but there's just a lot of communication that they have with one another that we probably miss. What's the lifespan of a chimp? There was a study done a couple decades ago, and the median life expectancy was mid-30s. So half the chimps died before that, and half the chimps lived after that. And our group, our original group, they're all in their 40s now, 40 to 50. Rita's the youngest of that group. And then the newer chimps are low to mid-30s. So our group, overall, they're all pretty 
well into middle age, if not elderly. <laughs> They're boomers, chimp boomers. <laughs> yeah. So if people want to give for Give Big, the best day is May 2nd and 3rd. And how do they go about doing that? Yeah. So go to our website, chimpsnw.org. We have Give Big pretty prominent there. But they can also go to the Give Big website, oggives.org. Search for our nonprofit name, which is Chimpanzee Sanctuary Northwest. We're the only sanctuary for chimps. So if you just start typing chimps, then it'll probably come up. And I really like to direct people to to that website because you find so many different nonprofits across all of the state that are doing amazing things. Yeah, I mean, last year was the first year I'd met you and I had no idea Washington State had a chimpanzee sanctuary. (laughs) So now are you the only one in Washington or in the U.S.? We're the only sanctuary for chimps in Washington. We're actually the only home for chimps in Washington. So there aren't chimps in zoos or any other type of facility. Oh, interesting. We have a daily blog. So we post videos and photos and stories there and people can really get to know the individual personalities of the chimps and our staff all contribute to that. So they get different perspectives and senses of humor and bad puns. (laughs) (laughs) So chimpsnw.org and you can see pictures of all of them and you can really you can see their personality even just through the pictures. Absolutely. What brought you to this work? You've been there so long now. I went to graduate school in Ellensburg at Central Washington University and worked with chimps who had been taught American Sign Language. That facility no longer exists, so there aren't chimps on campus, but the primate behavior and ecology program still exists and is pretty unique. And we partner with them, so we have interns who come help us clean and learn about chimpanzees directly. And so when you graduated, this was this already going? I went and worked at a sanctuary in Canada for a few years. And then you heard about this. Were you from here then, Washington? No, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. You came to all the way up to school because of this program. So when I was an undergrad at University of New Mexico, I don't know. I'd always just had a thing about non-human great apes and was taking anthropology classes and learned about Washoe, who's the chimpanzee who was taught the signs of American Sign Language. And then I wanted to escape the sun for some reason, which I don't understand (laughs) anymore, but moved to Portland, Oregon, and knew that Washoe, who was definitely a celebrity in my mind, was just five hours away from where I was living. I was actually working with kids at the time in psychiatric facilities and came up to visit Washoe and just learn about the master's program there. So that's how I ended up graduating there. I know that there's kind of a theme, a very fun theme around Give Big this year, which is giving feels good, which is just so true. I mean, there's scientific research that shows that it like boosts these happy hormones and neurotransmitters in us. And I just think it's a fantastic way to learn about what organizations are doing in the state. It is. And I know a lot of people really want to give. And then they they think about it and they try to think, well, what's a nonprofit? And they don't really know because unless you're really involved. And so that's what I love about Give Big is it highlights all the nonprofits around. So if you love dogs, if you love chimpanzees or if you love cars, there's probably a nonprofit that has to do with with cars. I don't know. But it gives us a way to see what our state actually is doing, because, I mean, what you're doing here for these chimps is you're giving them a life they couldn't have had. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's just so, so much good work that's being done in so many different areas. Like anyone who has any kind of interest can find a nonprofit, I'm sure. Definitely. Diana Goodrich with Chimpanzee Sanctuary Northwest. If you want to go online and look at it, it's chimpsnw.org. Or you can go to wagives.org and look them up in the search bar. And if you do it on May 2nd and 3rd, will you have some matching funds? Yes, we have a very generous matching donor. So that will be available. And I also have set up my own page, which is something that people can do. They can find a nonprofit and then set up their own fundraising page in many cases, which is kind of a fun way to get people involved that may not know about organizations. And I happen to be turning 50 this year. And so our goal is to raise (laughs) $50,000. Awesome. So just, I mean, you work there, but any individual that says, I love chimps and I want to help can go create their own page. Yes. Well, I hope they will help you try to raise that $50,000. I can't (laughs) believe you're going to be 50. You sure don't look it. Well, thank you so much, Diana. Thank you so much. The website is already active, but it will have the most impact if you do it on May 2nd or 3rd. Again, that's wagives.org to donate to your favorite charity. You can also create your own page for your favorite charity and share it with your friends and family to help them raise funds. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.